0: Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9:30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10:30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Hey everybody, you're watching Walk Through the Psalms. Today we're going to be looking at Psalm 85, Psalm 85 today. If you have your Bible open, go ahead and open, turn to Psalm 85. I'm going to be reading today from the modern English version, and we're going to be going through this. My friend Shannon Bale from over there in South Africa. How you doing, Shannon? He's with us today. We're going to be going through this. Now, as you know, well if you're open to psalm 85 you may see but this is a psalm of the sons of korah the sons of korah were levites they were levites of the country of israel and they also were the ministers and so these are the uh, a, a psalm of korah so let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer And then we will get going here. Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Father, I pray that you'd bless and minister to us today. Bless our time together. Bless this psalm to our heart, to those who are watching and listening, and to those that are are, uh, subscribed to the channel. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them, bless us, help us to glean a greater understanding of it. And Lord, we thank you for that. And help us to apply it to 2020 today. And Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We're going to read verse 1 and following down, see how far we get with this. I'm going to do some commenting on that. And Shannon's got some notes as well. I hope you're there. Psalm 85 today. I'm reading from the modern English version. Shannon, you're reading from King James. Is that correct?
1: New King James, brother.
0: New King James. All right. Okay, starting in verse one. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sin. You have withdrawn all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Now, if you are are looking at this and you say, well, he didn't say the word Selah. Why didn't he say that word Selah? Well, selah, selah or Selah was a musical pause. So this, as we see in the introduction here or the heading, it was a song of the sons of Korah. So this would have been a musical pause. So it was like a direction for those that were singing or playing. It would have been a, a musical pause. Just a little sidebar note to know why that's there. Now, what are the sons of Korah doing here in the first three verses? Well, I see them doing this. They're reminding the Lord of his of His grace and his mercy and his greatness. You have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. Why would they say that? Of course, the Lord knows he's done that, right? Of course, I've done that. You know, somebody reminds you of something you've done. You're like, well, of course, I know I've done that. But why do they do that? In this song. Is it for the Lord? Is it for the for the Lord's remembrance? The Lord doesn't forget. The Lord is not a forgetful God. He is an all-knowing God. This three verses. I see this. This is a song to be sung. This is a remembrance for the people. To remember the goodness and the mercy and of God in their life. God has done these things. God has brought back captivity from the land of uh, cap, captivity of jacob is forgiven the iniquity of the people so god is with them god is forgiving god has has brought them back from from slavery and he's covered their sin covered their sin and you know i always do this and shannon knows i always do this we, we do this back and forth but we can see we can understand we can put this as 2020 this is for today. Yes, it's Old Testament. Yes, it's Psalm 85. And yes, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that they did that we don't do anymore. But you can apply these verses to 2020. God has forgiven you. God has brought you out of slavery. Slavery to what? I wasn't enslaved. You were a slave to your sinful nature. If you're a believer, you were a slave to your sinful nature. Just think about for a moment. Those things in your life that you used to be a slave to. Some of you probably were a slave to alcohol. Some of you probably were a slave to nicotine and tobacco. Probably some of you were a slave to illicit drugs. But Jesus brought you out of that slavery. You were no longer captive. He came in, the Bible says, remember, he took captivity captive. That's what he's done for you. You're forgiven and God has forgiven our iniquity, your your iniquity. If you are a believer and you are forgiven before God, he's forgiven you. What does it say about God's forgiveness? Let's Let's look at what God's forgiveness is all about. What does it say about the forgiveness of God? It says, number one, in the scripture, it says that he throws our sins as far as east is from the west. How far is that? How far is that? That is so far that it's, it's, you can't even comprehend how far it is. Okay. That's how far it is. Now, it also says that he throws our sin into his sea of great forgetfulness. He forgets it. It's gone. It's over with. It's done. Now, I'm not going to get into a parenting thing, but I could go into a parenting thing with kids and their parents and what happens when kids do something wrong and parents are asked to forgive them and, you know, things come up and I won't get into that. I could go a whole week on something like that. Okay, but I won't do that. I won't do that. So what we're going to do here is we're going to understand that God wants us to know that he forgives us. He walks with us. He ministers to us. He's forgiven us. He says, you have withdrawn all your wrath and have turned from the fierceness of your anger. I, I think about this as a parent because God is our father. And when my son, now my son did something yesterday that I was not very proud of. And it wasn't, I was very angry with him for doing this, this thing in the store. Okay. And I dealt with him in the store. And then later on, I had forgiven him before, but later on he said, dad, I'm sorry. I did this in the store. I didn't. I, he goes, I, I just, I'm sorry. And how can you remain angry? with your child when they say, Dad, I'm sorry. So that fierceness, that anger that I might have felt, I wasn't fiercely angry, but I was angry. It just kind of melts away when they say, Dad, I'm sorry that I did this. Please forgive me because that was his words. Dad, I'm sorry I did this in the store. Please forgive me. So how can you be angry with your child when that is their heart towards you over something that they've done wrong. And that's what he's saying here about God. God has turned his fierceness and his anger away from them because they have asked for forgiveness. And that's so important. So important. And that's what I said before. I may go into this a little bit. That's what I said before about, you know, uh, forgetting about the sin. Some parents, and this is not a parenting podcast, by the way, some parents, the child will ask for forgiveness, but then they throw that back in the child's face. This is what you did last week. This is what you did yesterday. Forget about it. They've asked for forgiveness, you've forgiven them. Go on, forget about it. That's what God does for us. So we need to do that for our fellow man and for our children, for our friends, for our brothers, our sisters in Christ. If they if they uh, did did wrong to us and they asked for forgiveness, Model the behavior of our God and forget about it. Once it's done, it's done. And be done with it. That's what God has done. Today, 2020, 8-15-2020, 20, 20, 20, today, if you ask for forgiveness today, God is going to do the same thing he did for, for them in the, the Old Testament times. He's going to do that for you today. He's going to throw your sin as far as east is from the west, and as far as into His sea of great forgetfulness. He's going to forget about it, just like he did for them. He's going to do that for you today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So understand, he doesn't change. And, and we change, but God doesn't. And it's echoed here in these three verses. So God is good. God is good. Amen. He is good.
1: Amen. I totally agree with everything you had to say with there, Pastor Josh. Um, again and again, we see this throughout the Psalms where uh, maybe the, the Israelites have done something that they shouldn't have, and uh, they went into captivity, and now they're coming back. Um, it, it, this is no different in this psalm, in, the, in these first, uh, I would say, uh, verses uh, 1 through 5, where they realize that they have done wrong. Uh, I, was, I was talking to you early, Pastor Josh, about the fact that I see the psalmist, I, I try to look through the psalmist's eyes as he's writing this, Um, as he's writing this psalm, and I can't help but think, I don't know exactly what captivity they were coming back with uh, from, whether it be from Babylonia or from uh, somewhere else, from the Philistines, whatever it might have been, but now they've came back and they've seen destruction in Jerusalem. And uh, I can't help but think that the psalmist sees the the people that are kind of downtrodden. They look around and they see how Jerusalem has been, um, you know, Uh, and ransacks or you know there's destruction there well you can't help but that bringing that to yourselves we even now in 2020 when uh, destruction starts to happen around us when things start to fall apart we can't help but internalize that and try to figure out what it is that uh, we're going to do about that but here he says you know i'll just start in verse in verse four it says restore us man the psalmist is looking at all this and says restore us god of our salvation he knows that he is the god is the god of salvation but he says it first in verse where he says restore us in other words we need something renewed within us we need your favor once again god and he says uh we'll go on to verse four and cause your anger towards us to cease in other words they to me they realize that um the anger of the Lord was done in righteousness through God. Uh, they had done; they had walked away from the Lord. They had worshipped idols they shouldn't have. They had depended on kings instead of God. Um, there was a number of things that the Israelites were walking through here that did not make God happy, and he gave them very, very many warnings and said, listen, you know, someone else is going to come here and they're going to destroy this place and, you know, I can't help but then I, I get it. Verse 4 says, restore us, oh God. We want to come back to what we know, that beautiful temple of Solomon, all those wonderful things that uh, we, we we know and that we see. We want our kids to understand this and get this, you know. So I can understand the psalms, psalmist saying, restore us. There's been many times where I'm like, Lord, restore me. I'm not feeling good today. Maybe I'm not feeling well and I'm just... Sitting around, Lord, I need your restoration. The restoration of this world, money, some people depend on money to restore them. You know, people would think if I've got a lot of money in the bank, I got I, I'm restored, I'm good to go. Or they've got a, a sound mind through everything. Sometimes our mind doesn't work the way it should, but we still need that restoration from the Lord. So uh we'll move on to verse five. It says. Will you be angry with us forever? And then there's a question mark. I mean, there should be because it's a question, but I'm just saying, will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? They're concerned about their children here, Pastor Josh. Once again, you're. Uh, we're not doing, a like you said, a podcast for uh, parenting or anything like that. But we all are concerned for our children if we have children. Or if we don't have children, we're concerned for our, uh, the kids that are around us or maybe some kids we're ministering to in our churches or maybe someone that uh, some kid's injured on a bike. You're not just going to say some kid gets injured on a bike close to you. You're not just going to let that kid lay on the ground. You're going to go try to take care of them and help them out. Well, he's saying here, uh, will this prolong, will your anger continue, or are you, Lord, going to restore us at this time? I'm sure there's a question mark within that psalmist's psalmist mind going, Lord, is this at the time that you're going to restore us from all the, the the stuff that we've done wrong? Because we do need to be restored by God. If we fall away from the Lord, even as Christians, Pastor Josh, we can fall away and need restoration. We talk about this often, and about every uh, walk through the Psalms, Th- this is called sanctification. It's something that has to happen every single day. As we wake up, as we fall, as we fall asleep, we need to ask the Lord to check our spirits. Have we done anything wrong today that we didn't really, you know, see, you know, for ourselves? I, I call I call it conviction, Pastor Josh. Uh, conviction is something that makes us do what we're supposed to be doing it's the lord speaking to our souls saying this is right or this is wrong so we make it then we make a decision whether we want to do the right thing or the wrong thing and sometimes we'll do that right that wrong thing and not even realize we're doing it but if we'll take some time five or ten minutes before we go to bed and say lord has there been something today that needs restoration i'm sure i have done something that uh, went against your law or something. I mean, and it isn't always like that. I'm not saying that a person can't go a day without sinning because you can. That is not impossible. As a matter of fact, we are supposed to be working towards that, you know, that end. Uh, we want to be more like Jesus because Jesus came and he had no sin. You know, he was a perfect sacrifice. But we we want to be restored by God, each and every day, and like I said, that that's what we call sanctification. And it, when when we begin to be more like Jesus every day, that takes that judgment that 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 they have felt, and it starts to uh, it, they don't start getting judged by God. I think we can be judged right here on earth, Pastor Josh. I'm not going to get it, you know I'm not going to get um, <laughs> real philosophical or theological or anything like that i'm just saying i think sometimes when things don't uh haven't been going the right direction we need to really look at ourselves and say uh lord have i done something that i wasn't aware of can can i ask, and you can i i want to ask for forgiveness for that that certain thing and a lot of times I'll, I'll i'll have that you know where the lord plants something in my spirit and he goes Now, I didn't really like the way you did that. You did that without consulting me, you know, so it wasn't done in a way, and I had to judge that. So really, a lot of times we'll look at judgment like this awful thing, but if we're judged even now here, it helps us live that righteous life towards Jesus. Go ahead, Pastor Josh.
0: Well, one of the things that I see here in these verses that you read from verse four four five and six was it four five and six four and five okay four and five uh, i see repentance here uh and there's some things we have to understand and and i've come to in my time with the lord we we've talked about sanctification number one i want to i want to give you some uh, some background on sanctification what is sanctification well if you go back to the greek and i'm not a greek scholar but i, I do a lot of study in the greek in the hebrew the word for sanctification in the greek is the word hagiosmos which means to be set apart for the purposes of god so when you when we're talking about this when you when you find yourself Doing the things that you do because you want to do them for your own purposes. And like we talked earlier in this this podcast, this video, about getting up in the morning and making a decision of who you're going to serve. Um, That is the real decision you have to make. And sanctification is part of that. If we decide to serve ourselves, then we must realize and repent because we're no longer putting ourselves in the position of being set apart for the work of God. You see, that's what sanctification is. You're, you're putting yourself uh, ahead. You're, you're putting yourself in the hands of God, everything you want to do back behind what God wants to do with you. That's sanctification. And when we come to the place of doing what we want to do, because we want to do it because by golly, we are, we owed that we deserve that. Listen, that's, that's our thing. but if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, God doesn't say you can't do what you want. God gives you place to have your own you know, you can listen to your own your music you can do but it has their proper place but always understanding that you are first and foremost to be set apart for the work of God. that's first. when that's no longer first, then you have to repent and this is my second point, okay to be a successful believer, a successful minister, a successful person in Christ, you must be three things. Number one, you must be a person of the word. Number two, you must be a person of prayer. And number three, you must be a person of repentance. You have to be those things. Because if you don't have those, one of those things in your life, the other two are going to suffer. If you're not a person of repentance, you're going to suffer in your prayer time and in your word time. Because god speaks to his people through prayer and through the word and if god says you need to start stop or or, or change something in your life and you don't change it you don't repent that's going to suffer and if you are a person of repentance but you're not a person of the word and a person of prayer you're never going to know what you're repenting of you're just repenting and that becomes a works-based system type of thing i have to repent why well, I don't know. I just, Pastor Josh said, you got to repent every day. But if you're just doing that, you don't know why, then then you're kind of, you're okay with God, but you, you need to know why you're repenting. You need to know, because if you're repenting daily, but still doing the same thing over and over again, that will become an, an iniquity. So you have to understand why. You have to know why. So that's why it's important to be a person of prayer, a person of the word, and a person of repentance. If you have those three things nailed down and and listen, my kids are seven and eight and I've got my kids uh, teaching my kids to be those three things at that early age. You got to nail that stuff down when you're young. Some of us aren't, weren't so young. I was 26 when I got saved and I, I, listen, I'm 46. Okay. And I'm not perfect. I don't got it all nailed down yet, but I am also working. I'm a work in progress sanctification is working in my life because I don't have it all nailed down yet. You see, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, I figured it out after 20 years. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, I didn't figure it out. Okay. I am still working on it. And I hope after 20 years of you that are watching that are maybe newly in the Lord, you can say, you know what, I'm still working on it, but God's not giving up on me. And that's basically what's happening here. This is, this is repentance. They're asking God to not give up on them. They're reminding God for their own for their own faith what He's done. They're asking God, don't give up on us. Keep keep going. Keep you know keep going. And that should be our prayer. God, don't give up on me. Keep going with me. Keep moving with me. God, keep keep going. Once we lose that, once we lose that, then we're heading down a slippery slope. Once we lose that part of repentance, we're heading down a slippery slope in this life. And it's so important to understand that because God doesn't want us to be shallow Christians. He doesn't want us to be uh, um, outside of his will, outside of his grace. He wants us to be with him, but he also wants us to know him in a real way. And the only way you're going to know him in a real way is to be a person of faith a person or a person of the word person of prayer, a person of repentance in all of that encompass, then you're a person of faith. Okay. So get all that together. Get your heart right before God. I always say, you know, James in chapter three of James verse verses one through 12 talks about taming the tongue. And I always say this, and I don't know if I've said this on this program before. But the, the tongue gets a bad rap for a weak heart, a bad heart. Okay. Why do I say that? Because the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, King James says. So if your heart is wrong, then your speech will be wrong. If your heart is wrong, your life will be wrong. If your heart is wrong, everything will be wrong. Right speech, bring, right heart brings about right speech, brings about right living. We have to have a right heart and being a person of prayer, prayer, repentance, and with the word brings about a right heart before God. It it is crucial to understand those things. That's fundamental Christianity right there. And we need to understand it. And this is what they're, they're modeling this in this psalm. Fundamental Christianity. Remember God, remember what you did for us. Now, God, please don't keep the anger. And then we'll read later, we'll read a little bit down here, a little bit, a little bit here, the praise. And they're kind of, I see this kind of later on as their kind of declaration of recommittal to God. And that's important. Do we daily commit our lives to the Lord? Well, I gave my heart to the Lord 20 years ago. I did 23 years ago. I said 20 years 23. So, but anyway, anyhow. 23 years ago. I gave my heart to the Lord 23 years ago. I don't have to do that. I don't have to commit anything. Don't have to commit to Him anymore because I've done that 23 years ago. No, 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 no. We have to commit to the work of the Lord every single day. Now that just may just be me, but that's what I believe. That's who I am as a person. That's who I am as a Christian. That's who I am as a pastor. We have to commit to the work of God every single day. Because if we don't, We'll start committing to our own things and we'll end up away from God and apart from God and where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in the end of everything. Because believe me, this all go, this always goes back, this is what God has been doing to me within me for the last two months. If you don't nail this down, if you don't nail this down, this principle of what they're saying here in Psalm 85, you don't nail this down, in the end, you will not be with the Lord. Because if you let things creep in it's like that you know it's like when 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 somebody builds a tower or a skyscraper and they're a 16th of an inch at the bottom off to where they should be either in or out by the time they get 30 stories guess how far off they are they're off a few feet by the time they get off to to the top or maybe 20 feet or whatever the case but they're way off that's my that's my thing so if we are just a little bit off now and we don't do anything about it when it comes to the end, let's just say you 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 forget about repenting. I'm not going to repent because I've already done it or I don't need to pray because, you know, I don't have time or I don't need to read the Bible because I don't have time. You start then putting those little notches, that little notch between you and God that may be little sixteenth of an inch by the time god calls you home if you're continued in that you'll be far from god and you'll spend eternity away from god in hell where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth now i now i understand people a lot, a lot of people come to the lord on their deathbed and a lot of people recommit on the deathbed and i understand that i'm not i'm not discounting that but what i'm saying is You'll be far away from God and you'll find yourself needing to repent in the end instead of having a joyous time of knowing you're going to be with God. Yes, it's sad, but you're going to be with God. You'll be concerned about your eternity and your mor- more mortality if you don't get this nailed down now. Now, that that this is way off where we were going with this, brother, I know but this is what god has been speaking to my heart for the last 2 months. now i don't know what that means. you know, you know we're in the, we're in the sign this we have to watch the signs of the times. we could be god could come back tomorrow, today, in the next 10 seconds. why god has been putting this on my heart for the last 2 months. i don't know. but to you and to me, this psalm to you to you meaning Shannon and everybody else watching and listening. This psalm is a, a blueprint of a person who is a person of prayer, a person of repentance, and a person of um, um, the word. Okay? Because Cor- the sons of Korah, like I said at the beginning, they were from the tribe of Levi. They were the- from the tribe of the priests, so they knew the word. So they were people of the word. And we're to be people of the word, people of repentance, and people of prayer. All
1: right. Amen. That's good. Um, do you want to read the next verses or do you want me to, Josh? Okay. Uh, verses six and seven. Now we're now we're going to move into another part of this psalm, I believe, where um, they're really seeing who they are in, in God. They're actually getting an idea of being restored. They're getting an idea of what their salvation looks like. So I think we're even going to be able to take peer into our future through these next few verses and who Jesus Christ is. Um, You know, always the Old Testament is looking to Christ and the uh, New Testament looks back to Christ. You know, so it's always the word of God is always focusing on Jesus His, you know, his life. His death, his resurrection, his sending of the Holy Spirit. Really, the Bible wraps in in all. It comes down to knowing who Jesus Christ is, as your Lord and Savior. But let's go ahead and read verse six and seven. Excuse me. Verse six says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? They are ready to praise. You're right, Pastor Josh. It's moving into praise time. Will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you. Verse 7, show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. When we talk about Jesus, what do we talk about? We talk about salvation. What I had to say about this was that you could see that once again, I'm going to talk to it again a little bit, that they are coming back from captivity. So now they're sensing the release that we're where we belong and that we're with God once again. They're starting to understand that now it's time to give God praise and watch things move. They're ready for some revival, Pastor Josh. And right now, no matter whether you're in 2020 or whenever this was the exact date, I don't know when this was written from, from the sons of Corinth. but I'm telling you, the revival then needs to be as the revival today. We need revival all over the world, not just in America, not just in Africa. We need to see it across the continents. We need to see revival come, and we and, and they're wanting that, they're desiring to saying, "Lord, revive us again." I, I it doesn't have an exclamation in there, uh, an exclamation point, but inside of me it says, "Revive us, O Lord, give us that direction that we need." I can't help but when we talk about revival, it, revival brings restoration, just like we talked about in verse four. Revival brings restoration to where? Our souls. Revival isn't, don't get me wrong, you'll see outward evidences of revival as healings, people uh, being maybe slain in the spirit or things like that. But I'm telling you, revival happens inside of us first, inside of our soul. Something needs to be renewed. Something needs to change within us. And if that isn't changing within us, then we become dormant. We don't we think we've got it all figured out. We think we, we we don't need God for some reason, but we need his reviving spirit within our soul constantly. Also, I'd like to bring the fact that they desire to be made whole by the Lord. We cannot make ourselves whole. The only way we're made whole is by Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. They need revival in their souls and so do we pastor josh some ways that we can pray for revival i've got about a list of four things here i'd like to share pastor josh if that's all right Um, when it comes to revival just like i said whether it was then or it's now number one i said pray for your pastor to preach the full gospel of jesus christ that is so important in these days there is a lot, and I'm not I'm not going to speak no names, no nothing, anything like that. But you're, if the Holy Spirit lives within you, you're going to know whether your pastor is preaching the full gospel of Jesus Christ to you, because it's going to resonate in you. And if something isn't said right, then that's going to say, whoa, what's going on here? The Holy Spirit, when he's living within your soul, he gives you that discernment of what the full gospel is. That's what I speak of when I speak of full gospel. We don't need a watered-down facade of Jesus Christ. He was the real deal, and he continues to be the real deal. And he will continue to infill us with his Holy Spirit. He will continue to restore us. He will continue to pour his life into ours so that we can walk in his ways. Number two, we need to pray for our community to come together as one and worship the one and only God. There is only one god there is only one um, god that can do the work he is the i am Uh, he is our all encompassing salvation he's not just a little bit of salvation here and a little bit of salvation here he's all of it every bit of it a-l-l number three we need to pray that the holy spirit will convict us and others of sin we're going to speak to that again Pray that the Holy Spirit, not someone else telling me about it, but the Holy Spirit telling me, which other people can tell us about it if it's done in the right context, to convict people and us of our sins. And that we would ask God for forgiveness. Once we are convicted, once our soul inside of us tells us, you've done something wrong. You see something isn't right in your life. You need to go to God and say, God, God, what did i do i need to first of all see what did i do god i've obviously sinned against you in some way what can i do to be restored to be revived in this situation trust me he's very very quick to let you know when you're not living in his uh, confines of of his rule uh, of his uh, i should say law or in the confines of his um his teachings so to speak uh, number four Pray for other churches. This is going to be a big one for pastors, man. Pray for other churches to experience revivals in our communities across the world. We have an outward focused God. I want to say that again. We have an outwardly focused God. He's not focused on himself. He's focused on you and the rest of the world. We we must be a people that not only think of ourselves but those in the entire world. Now, I know I'm speaking about the entire world, but it was simply because a lot of it, I was like this before I even became a missionary, but we need to think about the world as a whole, not just our church, not just our family, not just ourselves. We can get caught up in that very, very easily. As we pray for revival, we can pray with confidence, we can pray with boldness, and we need to pray with humility. We pray confidently because we know God is a reviving God. Right Pastor Josh, he's a reviving God. We pray boldly because God tells us and I want to go to Ephesians 3:12 now and I'm just going to it's coming out of the New King James version. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12 says and I said we can pray boldly because God tells us in Ephesians 3:12 because of Christ, let will say it again, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. And we come in humility also, realizing that God receives all glory and praise for all he has done. He continues to work in and through all these things, in, in 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 confidence and in boldness. Now those are two things that we need to come in. And it spoke of that in Ephesians. But I don't ever forget humility. When you start to see things happen in your life and it's going the right direction and you know it's God, don't you ever and I mean ever take the uh, don't take don't let pride rise up and you say I did that. There's no way you we are all sinners we are all fall short of the glory of god so we need to give that praise and that adoration and that glory back to god when when we see someone say someone comes oh that was a good sermon pastor josh well thank god pastor josh wouldn't go yeah i worked on that for eight hours and he wouldn't do that he would say well praise god I remember my pastor, pastor, uh, pastor Dan, I would he would often have great messages. And I'd just come to him and go, man, that was a really good message today. He would, he'd just go praise God. He wouldn't say, oh, thank you. I know I worked really hard on that. We need to see that everything we do is outwardly focused on people and what God wants us to do, not on just ourselves. We need to focus on what's going on around us. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, folks. What I'm saying is we have we can't be so inwardly focused that we do outwardly no good. Because Jesus went out, and he went out, and he went out. And that is the line we need to follow. The last thing I want to say is we need to show show us mercy, he says. And I think, uh, what verse is that? Uh, it's verse 7, it says, show us mercy. Revival is a work of God's mercy is it not it is a work of god's mercy in our life it isn't earned or it isn't deserved we don't earn it and we certainly don't deserve it right pastor josh god
0: Amen. yeah god
1: just gives it to us for free that's insane if you just think about that for two seconds that's just insane but let us not forget that there was a price that had to be paid for that mercy there had to be a price, and Jesus paid it all. And I'm going to say it again, A-L-L, all on the cross for your and I salvation.
0: Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.